The next book I wrote was called The Eternal Link. Basically, it was a continuation of The Unbroken Chain, focusing on the period of Navim, the prophets. Basically, after that book, I didn't really expect to write that much more. But I began to spend more time going through the Talmud. What had happened was that uh, when my wife was expecting our first child, which we did not know if it would be a boy or a girl, it began to occur to me, because I had such a late start in life, that should my wife give birth to a son, in a very short time, his learning could advance past mine. Therefore, I made a personal decision that I had to see more of the Gomorrah faster than I was doing in the yeshiva. So I actually sat down on my own and began to plow through tractate after tractate after tractate over the course of many years. As I did that, I was exposed to so many wonderful ideas that I had either never heard about before or had never been emphasized to the point that the Talmud itself was doing. And the more I saw this, the greater my exposure the more I felt these were ideas and information that had to be shared with other people. And I was thinking of ways also how to remember it all, because you're seeing so many things so quickly, and you, you require a system to be able to hold on to them, because it would be a shame to go through all that, to learn all of that, and forget it. So it occurred to me to use this material inside books. If I wrote books based upon the actual ideas, then A, I would be able to share with others, and B, it would keep the knowledge alive in my own mind and drive it deeper into my consciousness. The first book that was the result of this was If Only I Were Wealthy. It's a book about money. It's a book about the role money plays in the life of a person from a Torah perspective, vis-a-vis -vis the conflict of Yaakov Avinu and Asaph and the historic confrontation that took place in Parshat V'yishlach. Not the kind of confrontation we're expecting, no physical war whatsoever, but an ideological one between Yaakov's statement of Yeshli Kol, I have everything, everything I need in life, and Asa's remark, Yeshli Rav, I have a lot. Yaakov's point of view was Smech Bechelki, I'm happy with my portion, just like the rabbis say, who is a happy person? Somebody who is happy with his portion. Asaph's idea and approach to life was, you can't have enough. Like the Talmud says, if you have 100, you'll want 200. If you have 200, you'll want 300. So Asaph is conquering and often pillaging the world to increase his fortune, and he's never happy. Yaakov seems to be happy. But the question is, and that bothered me, was how could Yaakov Avinu make a statement like Yeshli Kol, I have all that I need? Because, you know, every day a person's situation changes. Sometimes you have money today, you spend it, and tomorrow a bill comes in unexpectedly. And you say to yourself, gee, I wish I hadn't spent that money, I could certainly use it today. So how could Yaakov be so confident and say that I can give you the gift because I know I'll always have all that I need. And of course, this is the basis of Bitechot and Amuna, trust and faith in God. Yaakov wasn't saying that all that I have today is all I'll ever need. He was saying, because I believe in God and that He 
is committed to my well-being and development, I know that if I need something in the future, he's going to give it to me. He'll find a way to get it to me. If it's what I truly need for the right reasons, he's got my back. He's looking over my shoulder for me. So, therefore, I can trust that I can do something with my property today, knowing that if it's not wasteful, it's a good thing, that tomorrow I'll have what I need to take care of the rest of my life. But, of course, Asav didn't have that perspective. Asav's viewpoint was, it's up to me. I have to look out for number one. Yeah, maybe God does exist, and maybe God does run the world on some level, but not on such a personal level. So therefore, if I'm not taking what I want, what I need, the way I can, then I'm going to be out. I'm going to be short. And of course, this is the basis of all sins. People taking that which they think they require, and God won't help them out. Hence the title of the book, If Only I Were Wealthy. In other words, I can be wealthy. I should be wealthy. The fact that I'm not wealthy means that something is not going right in the system. And I'm out, and therefore I'm miserable, because really, God's not looking out for me. So ultimately, the book is about the difference between wealth and riches. In other words, there's money, which everyone knows cannot guarantee happiness, and then there is wealth. People say things like, if you have your health, you're wealthy. So when the rabbis say, who's a happy person? somebody who is happy with his portion, what are they talking about? They're not just talking about financial success or financial stability. They're talking about how to be able to get out of life all that which we need to make us feel complete. And therefore, the book is about potential, human potential, who we are in essence, what we're here to accomplish, and how achieving that potential is the ultimate source of wealth in this world. The reason why people have to pursue financial success to such an extreme is because they don't know about this. They're aware of it. They've sensed it. They know what it means to fulfill your potential from time to time, but they don't have the appreciation that the Torah gives us about how that is the reason why we're here and what we're trying to accomplish through the course of our lives. After the book was published, especially since it had a very interesting and expensive cover, I went to a bookstore to see if people responded to the book in a positive way. And in one particular bookstore, it was right there up front. And I was wandering behind people as they were looking at the books. They had no idea that I was the author of the book. And of course, the book cover did catch their attention. And they picked it up. And they looked at both sides. And the person put it back down again and turned to his friend and said, he probably wrote this book to make money. Well, the truth is, It would have been nice if the book did sell a lot and quickly. But in truth, the book was written for others and for me in order to be able to get our priorities straight in life and to maximize our potential and sense of joy. 